This is an AMI podcast. Keep the conversation going off the air. Your voice matters. Email feedback at AMI.ca or connect with us on Twitter at AMI-audio and let us know what you think about our programming. I'm Chuita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. I remember my parents had been genuinely concerned about my employment prospects. I did well in school, but they wondered if that would be enough for a person with a disability. Who would hire me? We talked about perhaps having my own business. It sounds tempting. I would essentially be my own boss. But I can readily acknowledge that apart from a good idea, one requires a whole host of skills to run a successful business. Bookkeeping and inventory, marketing and finance. And I know that paperwork honestly scares me. But a small business can also make a big impact and do some good in the world. Today, we discuss entrepreneurship and people with disabilities. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Hello and welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. I'm Joyita Gupta and I'm the host of the program. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope you're staying safe and well during COVID-19. Just a quick reminder, if you wanted to keep up with the latest AMI-audio coverage around the pandemic, please visit ami.ca forward slash COVID-19. Some months ago, if you listen to the show regularly, you might remember that I did an interview with the author of the book Uncommon Grounds, which was a history and politics of the production of coffee. My guest at that time had been Mark Pendergrast, the author of the book. And if you'd like to check out that interview with Mark Pendergrast, you can find it on any podcast platform. After doing that interview, I got thinking, well, this was a really interesting and fulsome conversation, but what was missing was a discussion about disability. Was there a way in which I could tie in questions of disability rights, employment equity with coffee, which is a beverage that we all know and love? Just at that time, in fact, a few weeks ago, I stumbled upon the website for White Cane Coffee. My guest today are Erin Willman, the CEO of White Cane Coffee, and her father and, I guess, business partner or compatriot, Bob Willman. They join us today from Warren, Pennsylvania. Bob and Erin, welcome to The Pulse. It is really nice to have both of you. It's very nice to be here. Thank you. Great to have both of you. So let me start with you, Erin. Tell us, in a nutshell, what is White Cane Coffee? White Cane Coffee is basically a store that was made by a disabled person for disabled people to have their own independence through something that, like you said, we all sort of share. We all know coffee. We, and it, it brings people together. So that's honestly why we chose coffee. Yeah. So, Erin, just to follow up on that, you clearly love coffee, and I have met very few people who don't. But what is it, apart from this love of coffee, that really got you interested in starting your own business? I mean, why do you take that love of coffee and turn it into a business proposal? Well, 
We turned it into a business, really, because no one else would hire me. I went through so many job interviews where no one would hire me because of my disability. All they could ever see was my cane, my glasses, all the things I couldn't do. And so me and dad were just brainstorming one day and we came up with this idea to have my own business and we've landed on coffee and we've just sort of ran with it ever since. Mm -hmm. Let me bring your dad in at this point in the conversation. Bob Willman, tell me a little bit about what was going through your mind. We heard from Aaron just a minute ago about how after many job interviews, all people seem to be seeing were her uh, white cane and her glasses. What were you thinking as a parent? Uh, what was going through your mind when when Aaron went through all of this? Well, it, it's very disheartening. Um, you know, she's educated. She had mastered Braille. She had did everything that she could to make herself a viable employee. So when she came back, you know, and, and she's saying, I, I can't get anywhere because all they're seeing is my white cane. And we said, okay, if you can't find a job, let's make a job. And Erin mm. went one more step, and she says, well, I'm not the only one, so why don't we, as we start to grow, hire people just like me? That's when I knew she had the right focus. She knew what she wanted to do. Then we worked on the product, and we, and we said, what brings everyone together? And it was coffee. People have um, dates, you know, coffee dates. They have business meetings over coffee. You meet your friends over coffee. So this was the ultimate thing in our minds of how do we bring people together? You know, the, the able-bodied and the disabled community can get together over a cup of coffee. When I was looking at your website, that was exactly what I was thinking as well, that coffee is one of those universal things that brings people of all abilities together. And yet, even though it's tempting to say you can make your own job, as a parent, were you not a little bit concerned because you're putting so much of yourself into a small business and it's a challenge for anybody to make inroads? But were you particularly concerned about some of the challenges faced by an entrepreneur with a disability? Well, yeah, absolutely. But here's, here's where we, once again, start thinking this out. Surround ourselves with people who are very good at what they do. So that meant Erin went, she found an attorney, so she knew how to set up the business. She got an accountant who said, I will take care of the books. We <laughs> found master roasters who said, hey, we can get behind this project. And, you know, so that's what we all started to do was surround ourselves with people who believed in what we were doing. And then things really started to roll. Mm -hmm. Aaron, let me let me be honest with you. I love coffee and I also happen to love tea. But one of the things that I find myself hesitating to do is to buy either of those things online, because at least with coffee, I want to be able to smell the beans, taste the blend really have an experience before I commit. <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but I, it is a commitment for me. So how do you convince people to to maybe give it a chance to buy coffee online? Well, I guess we sort of start off that with our sample box where you can try small amounts, like, like one... Um, pot of coffee uh, and then and if you like it you can buy more if not thank you <laughs> thank you for trying us out at least our sample boxes have 10 different blends in them 
you know, 100% Sumatra, you know, dark roast to um, what we call our high octane blend, which is a, an Ethiopian coffee, and pretty much everything in between. And we do tell people, get the sample box, find the blend that talks to you, the one that says, this is what I want. Then you know exactly what you want to purchase. And if none of them work for you, then guess what? At least we, we know we've tried. I think we have a fantastic product. And we usually find people find the blend that they really do like. I'm speaking to Erin Willman and her dad, Bob Willman. Erin is the CEO of White Cane Coffee, and we're talking about disability and entrepreneurship today. Erin, you know, I um, asked you a little bit about um, the... Uh, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit uh, about, you know, what your process was like in terms of uh, finding a suitable uh, roasters, finding suitable products. You know, your dad just said, we know we have a good product here. How do you then know, um, how, do you, how did you go about tracking down these blends that you're so proud of? First off, we try every, every one of our products. There is not a blend that we have that I have not had the cup of. So, and so we have tried even through other roasters. We've tried their coffee, and then we found our current roasters, and we decide these are the people we want to work with. These, this is the type of coffee we want to make. We want to make the best coffee we can because, as a disabled person, people already have this expectation that we're not as good as other coffee shops. So we had to sort of change that perspective. We had to not only be good, we had to be the best. Mm-hmm. Bob, let me bring you in here a little bit. Uh, for any online business, the website is the gateway to your products. Uh, your daughter is visually impaired. And so were you also concerned with the accessibility of your website uh, to make sure that people from uh, of different abilities could access it? And what steps did you take to make sure your website was accessible? That was where, yes, we worked very well with our website developers, and that was probably one of the first things we told them was this had to be accessible to the blind and visually impaired community, you know, so that their voiceovers worked. I mean, and it, that's difficult because there are so many different softwares out there, you know, that do reading and that. So we did our very best. We tried to keep the website simple with the least amount of, like, drop-down boxes and things of that nature because – they can get very complicated even for the sighted community, but for the blind community, we didn't want to make this to where it's just nightmarish. Um, and so there was a lot of work in there, and we're always working on it. What new process will work? What new software is coming out? What can we do to make things better? Um, even in, on our product, Aaron Saturn says, we need to have Braille on all our packaging. So as far as we know, we're the only company in the United States that has Braille on all its packaging because that's independence and that's what we're all focused on here. That's impressive. Uh, When we were talking over email, Bob, you mentioned a little bit about the pandemic and the impact that it's had on your business. So uh, spill the beans, as it were. Are people drinking more or less coffee during COVID-19? Actually, a lot more. Um, Yeah, the, the big commercial accounts, they slowed down because, like, even at your place, everyone's working for home. But we're able to deliver right to their home. So they, they order and it gets shipped because we ship uh, what we call priority mail here. So they get their coffee 
usually in two days or less, delivered right to their home. And so that's been really cool um, for them. So the coronavirus just kind of altered how we do business, but that's part of um, adaptation. And if anything, the disabled community knows how to adapt. That was one of our strengths. Aaron, let me ask you a little bit about this, just as we go to break. Um, are you at all thinking about expanding your business and adapting, in fact, so that you end up uh, selling to Canada as well? Can people in Canada order from you right now? Currently, Canada is not able to order from us, but we are hoping to expand and, and to not just within the States, but into Canada as well, because we are not the only disabled community on who isn't get, getting getting employed there are other disabled communities that need jobs and so we've been saying for pretty much once we started white cane that the more places we can go the more people we can help my name is Joita Gupta and my guests today are Erin Willman, the president and CEO of White Cane Coffee and her dad and business associate, Bob Willman. Erin, you mentioned earlier in our conversation about how you were having a lot of trouble finding a job and you had this conversation with your dad about making your own job. Um, and I'm sure that there are families in the US, in Canada, many places where similar conversations have taken place. So think back to the beginning of your journey and tell me how you started to translate that idea to have this uh, online coffee shop into a reality. What went into it? Did you have to take a crash course in business? What happened? It certainly wasn't an easy path. And honestly, we had originally thought this was just going to be an online thing until eventually we realized that our entire house was filled with coffee being to be sent out, so we needed to open up a storefront. But honestly, we've we've been constantly adapting to the business as it grows. Um, you know, when you mentioned about you know expanding, like you know, with here in the U.S., yes, we are looking at expanding. Our goal right now is to have a white cane coffee in every city in the United States because each city has people just like Aaron and, and other people who say um, living on what we have social security here. I'm not sure what they call it in Canada, but that's not a living. That's barely survival. So people want gainful employment. Now into Canada, our, we had planned to expand into Canada sooner, but due to the COVID, we haven't been able to, but we're looking at you know, opening up our first shop in the Niagara Falls area and then expanding up into the greater Toronto area. Because once again, you have the population, you have the workforce. Um, you're very fortunate you have a government that is very pro-disability. Um, so it only seems to be a natural um, transition for us to move into the international market by starting with Canada first. And, you know, Bob, just as we talked in the first a little bit of our conversation, you, you sort of talked about the need to delegate skills and you had an accountant who was willing to help out with the books. But what about the other facet of this conversation? Not only is it important to realize when and how to delegate, but in a small business, it's really important to play to everyone's strengths. So what were the skill sets that you felt Erin brought to the table? Erin is very forward thinking. She sees where she wants to be one year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. So when we started this, 
it wasn't just, oh, we're going to do this. She, it's always been very laid out and very um, thoughtfully done. Um, when she said, oh, we're going to put Braille on the packaging, we looked around. No one had done it. Mm-hmm. But she she stuck to her, her guns on this issue and said, no, this is what we're going to do. And so we figured it out. And now, like I said, all our packaging has that. When she hires people, instead of the employee working around how we think things are done, we try to find out what the employee's strengths are and then create the workstation and the jobs to work with their strengths and not where their weaknesses. These are things that we can do so that everyone is a more of a welcoming work environment and not a work environment that can be frustrating and overwhelming. Let me bring you back into the conversation a bit, Erin. So your dad just said, Erin sticks to her guns. You know, you know what you want and you know how to go and try and get it. One of the things you've been so passionate about is creating employment opportunities for people with disabilities. So just tell me a little bit more about what your dad was saying back there. How have you managed to incorporate people with disabilities into your workforce? Well, honestly, it wasn't that hard because, again, we look at people's strengths. First off, everyone will tell you as um, a disabled person all the things you can't do. We, we already know that. So we very much focus on what you can do. And so once we were saying that, hey, we're employing people you know, with disabilities, people with disabilities came out just like, we can have gainful employment. We, we can actually have normal 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 is not exactly the correct word here but they can have sustainable living and so yeah people were excited to work let me follow up a little bit here yeah no you did it was really great but let me ask you a little bit about this so there's really a conscience that goes into your business Erin and one of the things that has been receiving a lot of attention in the last little while especially when it comes to coffee is the way in which coffee growers and producers and roasters are getting treated Um, there's a lot of concern about fair trade coffee Uh, were those issues that you grappled with in your business as well Oh, we made sure from the get-go that we were going to be fair trade. We wanted this to be socially conscious from um, um, bean to cup. So mm-hmm. it, it was never even a question for us. Bob, you know, uh, they say that a lot of small businesses deal with stiff competition. And I can't think of another area where the competition is as stiff as in the coffee industry. I mean, you've got other small independent businesses, but you've also got the Starbucks's. uh, um, There seems to be a a Starbucks on every block, sometimes multiple Starbucks's on a block. So how do you carve out a niche when you're faced with all of that competition? That's... um... Yeah, competition is healthy in everyone. So what that means for any business is you, your product has to be good. I mean, and there's no there's no question about that. That's why when Aaron had said it, said, we couldn't be as good as everyone else. We had to be better. So we make sure our quality assurance and everything's there. Then we do a little bit things that are different, like all our K-cups are 100% compostable. We weren't going to fill up landfills with those little white cups for you know that are going to be around here for eternity. We've all seen the movie Wally. We know how this ends. So that was one thing that changed. Um, people want to support companies that are socially conscious, 
that are environmentally um, forward thinking, those that you know, it's these little steps that set us apart from our competitors. And that to us, it's not all about profit. It's it's yes, we need to make a profit to stay in, but sometimes it's what you do with that profit. Whether it's like we support um, a seen eye dog that's in training, we support the um, school for the blind down in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, it's what you do with those profits. You know, I remember we started with Aaron says, I don't have a board of directors I have to take care of, you know, and stockholders. I don't need a house in the Hamptons. I don't need a BMW. What I need to do is I need to provide jobs for people. That's what White Cane Coffee was all about from the very beginning. I'm speaking to Erin Willman, the president and CEO of White Cane Coffee, and her dad, Bob Willman. Erin, um, I know that your passion involves both coffee and creating employment for people with disabilities. So tell me, aside from that, what have you enjoyed about having your own business? Do you feel more confident? Do you feel uh, more accomplished? What have you gotten out of it? I have gotten a lot of, I guess, sort of personal freedom with it as well. Um, there is a lot of confidence that has come with it. Um, but I have traveled a lot meeting people and learn, learning other people's stories about how they have dealt with disabilities and, dis- and discrimination with. And I've also seen how they have adapted and grown and in, in their own ways are working against that and, to, and pushing back. And, and to, I have met people on who I'm just like, they can do exactly what we have done. They could be the next White King Coffee. They could be the next big name. Mm-hmm. So to follow up on that, what's next for you and for White Cane Coffee? What are you planning to do? I know your dad talked about expanding into Canada, but what other goals have you set for yourself? Um, I'm going to let my dad take this. <laughs> <laughs> well, things we are working on is, like I said, is opening up um, like drive through coffee cafes and things of that nature. Um, with the coronavirus, people are, are now actually using more drive through restaurants and things of that nature. Like even where we live here, um, we have one drive-through coffee place, which is Tim Hortons. Um, everyone in Canada knows who Timmy's is, so. Um, but that's all there is there. So that line can be 45 minutes to an hour long for cars. But what we're looking at is there's room to expand. There's room to grow. And if, like we said before. Every town that we open up, if we can hire people who are um, blind and disabled, then guess what? That changes people's lives. And that, mm-hmm. is, to us, is, is invaluable. You know, we're going to make a difference in the employees' lives. It's now they have gainful employment. They have independence. That's what we want to do. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we do see growth um, in the next year, two, five years, um, to where White King Coffee is going to become a national and international brand. And I just want to add something a little onto that is Mm -hmm. something that my dad had mentioned about changing lives. And all it could remind me was of when I was very little, my dad would always tell me I had one job, and that was to change the world. 
whether that was through one person's life. So just by changing their life, I could change the world. And so by helping more people with White King Coffee, I think I'm getting closer to that goal that he has set out for me. That's wonderful. You're changing lives one cup of coffee at a time. Erin Woolman, just before you go, what's uh, the website for White Cane Coffee? The website is www.whitecanecoffee.com. Bob and Erin, thank you very much for being on the program today. It was a blast and time's really flown by. It has. Thank you so much for having us on. We like what you're doing. When I went to your site, fantastic. Thank you very much. That was Bob Willman and Aaron Willman. Aaron is the president and CEO of White Cane Coffee, and we'll put up a link to their website on our show blog, ami.ca forward slash on the pulse. You can also check out our conversation on your favorite podcast platforms. You know, I have thought a long and hard about employment for people with disabilities. It was a conversation topic when I was a little girl. It's something that we're still talking about now. And I've been wondering more and more if it's something we'll still be talking about when I'm on the verge of retirement. But when I heard about White Cane Coffee, something that doesn't exactly hinge on disability, but builds on the universal appreciation of something like coffee, it got me really thinking about what people with disabilities can bring to the table in terms of their qualifications, ability, and their creativity, the passion to make change in the world. So it was a great conversation. Thanks a lot for being a part of it. I'd like to thank Bob Willman and Aaron Willman for being my guests on the program. The technical producer for The Pulse is Nisreen Abdul-Majid. Andy Frank is the manager of AMI-audio. And Paula Deneen is our technical supervisor. Thanks a lot for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.